episode 14 of Vibe Drive. It's about to be a bunch of randomness, but it starts now. What's up, people? This your boy Viper, the man about tech, and welcome to another episode of Bike Drive. This is the podcast about tech hosted by the man about tech. And tonight, for this interesting night of randomness, I brought along the legendary Apple sheep, Taylor of Tech. What's up, Drew? How you doing tonight, bro? Hey, good to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm pumped for the randomness and to be back on Vibe Drive. <laughs> All right, so... Actually, you know what? I know what I was going to talk about. But first, let's talk about what you talked about tonight. So you went on a little rant yourself about the Galaxy oh, I did. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I couldn't so hold back. <laughs> you did not hold back. Not at all. So let's talk about that. What are, what are your biggest gripes with the Galaxy Fold as you see it? For me, it's the hypocrisy. That's the biggest thing. Is It's like I know for a fact how uppity people get about uh, design flaws or, or noticeable problems with Apple products and knowing that everyone is just meh about the giant crease in the big notch and the plastic. Everyone's just like, meh, or the price point. Things Apple would ordinarily get hammered for, and I'm used to seeing Apple get hammered for, are suddenly excused because it folds. And that's what was really taking me off was just the pure hypocrisy. I was seeing channels that like we're notorious for like I'm gonna bash the iPhone 10 because it's a thousand dollars and you can get two OnePlus phones for that. I'm seeing those same channels look at the fold and be like, "Whoa, it folds!" So wow, okay, two thousand dollars, but you know it folds, so it's great. I'm like, okay, that in itself, all right. OLED display is flexible. Okay, <laughs> doesn't functionally change the fact that you could buy these devices separately and save money and get a better experience you know with glass on the front. <laughs> so i was getting sick of all the um it, it feels very formulaic because i was watching a lot of videos on the fold and i feel like everyone's got like a contract they're abiding by with certain bullet points they have to get to like you have to say this you have to say this and no one's like allowed to give like legitimate criticism yet for some reason i don't know i just was getting sick of it so i was like I'm going to rant today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your rants are some of the best, man. No doubt. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I did, you, made a, you made a pretty good point at, near the end of your video when you said that you you happen to believe that a lot of it is like new gadget hype, like because you were talking about how a lot of tech viewers feel like the technology game is getting stale. So mm -hmm. the fact that the Galaxy Fold is a new device, a new concept, people are jumping on the train and they're getting kind of, kind of excited. Even if it isn't the most practical device, they're still getting inside just because of the newness. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I can't necessarily blame them if they're used to reviewing like every single Android phone that ever comes out. Like some channels too, they, they do every single Huawei, every Samsung, every LG, every Oppo. They, they try to cover everything. I could understand after a while, you're just getting tired of the same old rectangle to finally see something with a legit you know, new feature like the foldable display, you, you're you blinded by that one new change that any other flaw with the product suddenly becomes, eh, it doesn't matter because this is new. And as long as it's new, it's good. Whereas I think I, I've seen a lot of smaller channels kind of criticize the fold more compared to the bigger channels. I feel like that might have something to do with 
like the the other channel I think of is John. John actively on Twitter is uh, John Prosser. I can see him kind of docking the fold or act, saying like, "Oh, it's funny how everyone's pretending it's okay," or you know, <laughs> like I, I see him docking it, and it's like I think it's because we try to take the perspective as a consumer as like a well, yeah, but at the end of the day, what is this actually going to change? What's the day to day change? Not just. Um, I review a lot of phones all the time and it gets boring and this one's slightly less boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm, my biggest thing with the phone since jump has been I, that I just don't see the practicality in it. And no, I, I don't, don't either. And I don't know if I changed my mind, even after seeing the first few video with people getting real time, uh, real life youth with the fold. And mm. the main thing that you pointed out and other people have pointed out is that crease, man. I mean, God, that crease is just there. It's like it's like a bad dream that you can't get rid of. It's just yeah. there, man. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like everyone's overwhelmingly accepting of it? Yeah. Um, I think I uh, was watching Sarah Dici's video, and she talked about how she thought the creep was like the notch. Like, it just goes away after a little while. But I don't know, man. I have a hard time believing that the creep just goes away. When, it, when it's right there, smack dab in the middle of the phone, yeah, especially when they ship the phone already unfolded, like because they don't want it to stay creased while it's packaged. Right, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> and imagine how this is going to age. Like, no one's bringing that up. If it's yeah. this noticeable after a couple days of use, imagine how the fold's going to look in, you know, like three months. No doubt. And a lot of people were like, I've been on the record as saying that I like the Huawei Mate X design better. But a lot of people are like, well, that's a, that phone's on the outside. It doesn't have much protection. That screen's going to get all uh, crashed up and blah, 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 blah. But the, the Galaxy Fold being inside, not much different to me with that crease. I mean, they're both going to get jacked up over time. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, Huawei, um, <laughs> the Huawei, in my mind, like fixes two problems and creates five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, now... It looks better in uh, phone mode, you know, opposed to the giant bezels on the on the fold when it's in phone mode. Yeah. But now you you have a front and back that are wrapped in plastic. You don't have a crease. You just kind of have a center warp that's a lot thicker than a crease. <laughs> and in order for you to use the front facing camera, you have to flip the device around. So it like it, it creates a bunch more problems while it's trying to fix one and it doesn't help that the thing's twenty six hundred dollars. Um like would would your mindset of the fold be a lot more forgiving if it was let's say like twelve hundred dollars? Um not really, just because <laughs> I mean no. price besides is still not that practical to me. I mean I've said it from the beginning. If I want a tablet, I'll just pull out my iPad. If I want a phone, I pull out my iPhone. I mean, sure. I don't, and, I don't... and Samsung is not, you know, notoriously known for getting tablets right either. Oh God, nobody, no Android OEM for that matter. None of them are. No, I mean, <laughs> that's no doc I, towards Samsung. I, I love the I, S10. Right. I made a joke. I think in a video that the reason why the Galaxy Fold is this is because these Android OEMs are, are so tired of getting stumped by the iPad that they have to come up with something new. <laughs> the fold is the only way they can justify tablet OS. <laughs> really? Seriously. Because they can't do it on large scale devices anyway. So if they do it on something that's almost the size of a phone, then they can kind of get away with it. But the price is, is killing it, I think. 
you know, when, when I talk to Marquette and Renee Ritchie both, I do agree with them, though, that the foldable technology could be the future. But right now, it's way too early. And I also agree with John Prother in the fact that if it was a foldable tablet per se, then you might have more. You might get my attention a little bit more. But a foldable phone is just not really it for me. Yeah, I, I still feel like right now, in particular, if anything has the foldable uh, trademark attached to it, or like this phone can fold or this phone can wrap up, it instantly means weaker materials. It instantly means more expensive and means you're probably going to be better off buying something that doesn't fold for about half the price, which is why at this point in the game, I, a lot of people say like Galaxy Fold will set the standard. It's the new example of foldable tech. And like, this is where everything's going and they're laying the groundwork. I look at it as like, they're probably scaring off companies from even trying because we're, everyone's going to get such a stigma of foldables in their head that no other company is going to be interested in trying it now because they're going to know that it's going to be heavily criticized Hard to manufacture. That's another point. I feel like people aren't bringing out, uh, bringing up about the fold. I, I see videos called like "You'll Want the Galaxy Fold" or um, "It's Not Too Late," and I'm like, uh, "It's a wait list now. <laughs> they ran <Yeah>. out fast." <laughs> I saw I saw your tweet about that. Like uh, Samsung ran out of reservations because they didn't really make too many to begin with, but you can still reserve it at like Best Buy, AT and T, and T Mobile. So, right, I. Uh, when I woke up, it was, I think, around 4 a.m. when I started the day, and I got that email that um, you could reserve the Galaxy Fold. It was it was around 4 a.m., so about four hours after the reservation period started, and I put in my email and my name and my Samsung account and everything, and they gave me the number 1,866 in line. Wow. So after four hours, they weren't quite to 2,000 <laughs> reservations. <laughs> And then I saw your tweet, actually, is the, the one I used in my video was you pointed out like, oh, people who reserve the fold are already getting notified that, oh, they can't reserve it now because <laughs> too many people <laughs> stepped right. in. And I was like, so, no, I don't think this is selling out because it's super popular. I think they didn't make that many of them, especially given it's only on two carriers and Samsung's making the S10 5G which you can really only utilize with Verizon. <laughs> right. Even though the Fold doesn't do Verizon. So I'm just like, uh, there's not that many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, uh, Somebody in the chat said, let the market decide. Uh, yeah, the market's going to decide, all right. <laughs> it might not be too favorably toward the Fold initially, but maybe in the future when it gets more mature, the technology that is, the market might be more receptive. But right now, and I'm not sure. I almost feel like Huawei pressured them by releasing getting ready to release the mate x samsung felt like they had to rush it and get it out first yeah we've heard we heard some uh rumors that that might be the case and you're probably right because i don't know but then again like i said that mate x looks good man I, like that looks good looks good from afar <laughs> <laughs> but my, my wallet doesn't think it looks good <laughs> oh no oh god you know my wallet can't afford any of this stuff so i'm right there with you but yeah you, i'm you, uh, uh, i'm gonna test the fold and then send it right back update <laughs> <laughs> it right back but that creates a nice segue into my main topic that i want to talk about tonight mm -hmm. apple and qualcomm apple bending the knee to qualcomm dropping all uh litigations against qualcomm wow. so uh, apparently are you aware of this or this is the first you're hearing i've it? heard bits and pieces okay. but yeah you should explain it just so i'm clear <laughs> all right so i thought so I, I, this guy just made a video and posted it about it but basically gotcha. um 
Apple and Qualcomm over the past two years have been locked in legal battles all over the world. Mm-hmm. And the the Apple the it all started initially two years ago when Apple sued Qualcomm over the fact that Apple did not get paid royalty rebate from licensing fees that they paid Qualcomm to license uh their, their models from iPhones. Mm-hmm. So Apple sued Qualcomm, and then over the course of the two years, uh, Qualcomm countersued, claiming that Apple stole their technology and that Apple was infringing on their patents, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it even got to the point where Qualcomm uh, was able to get Germany and China to have iPhone sales banned for a short time. Until Apple oh, my had, God. Wow. Yeah, until, until Apple uh, did a workaround. But, yeah, they've been battling for the last two years, and they were set to go to court to trial this week. But then today, we find out that Apple has dropped all litigations, all lawsuits. They came to an agreement with Qualcomm. They're going to pay Qualcomm an undisclosed fee. And they've also reached a six-year they've also reached a six-year agreement with Qualcomm to license using their modem and iPhone. So this is good. Which I yeah, I want to say this is good. This is a win for iPhone users because most I don't know how many of you all may or may not be aware, but in 2018, no iPhones had Qualcomm modems. They used all Intel. And anybody like me, Andrew, too, who had an Android and an iPhone, both in 2018. If you use LTE on the Android and the iPhone, you notice that the LTE on the Android was faster than that on the iPhone. Oh, and yeah. that and that is because the Androids were using Qualcomm superior modems and iPhones were using Intel inferior modems. So now right. that they finally come to the agreement, now we can put the best modems in the iPhones, which gives us the best possible iPhone moving forward. And 5G is right around the corner, too. I'm excited, Drew. This is good stuff. Thank God. That's that's relieving to hear, actually. I'm very happy to hear about that. Do you think that means Qualcomm chips this year, or is that no. too soon? Um, it, it's uh, well, here's the thing. Apparently, the agreement took effect on April 1st of this year, but I I think iPhones are probably already in production by now, so I don't think they can fit 5G mm. modem in there uh, uh, this soon. Plus, Apple would like to be late to the party and test all that stuff out anyway. But okay. I do believe by 2020 we will have I uh 5G modem in iPhones by 2020 next year. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad that. So we got one more year of sucky Intel modems to put up with. Yep. <laughs> also, they made the agreement on April Fool's Day so they can back out at any time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But uh, uh, but then the, the other interesting thing is that we found out a short time after Apple and Qualcomm reached this agreement that Intel was actually getting out of the 5G modem game. Like, they're quitting the business completely. I guess they're just really? yeah, they're focusing now on just like um 5G home internet and things like that. They're no longer doing modems on um smartphones and stuff. So that is interesting. So Qualcomm kind of by default is Apple's last yeah, <laughs> exactly almost right. And that's why a lot of people think that Apple eventually submitted to Qualcomm because Intel was leaving the game and they just said, oh, with it. And they weren't going with Huawei. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that I mean, come on, Huawei in the US? No, not really. <laughs> They were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, though. Yeah. Huawei was like, we'll do chips for Apple, and Qualcomm's like their worst enemy. So they're like, uh, who do, who do we choose here? <laughs> I mean, but but Apple could have just kept doing what they were doing and stayed with Intel and been like vastly behind in 5G. And vastly behind, yeah. Vastly behind. And that would have been that. I mean, Apple, I mean, it wouldn't have been that much of a surprise given that Apple had that hubris and they just have that arrogance about themselves. But 
I'm really proud of them because this is a pro-consumer move, and we don't see that too much from Apple. So I'm like, yes. Which means we should expect 5G on iPhones next year? Yeah, 2020, next year. Sweet. Okay. So it's not going to be as big of a wait as everyone was afraid right. of, even though 5G wasn't going to be readily accessible <laughs> very quickly anyway. Right. Because there was a report that came out about a, a week or so ago that said that Intel wouldn't even have 5G modem ready for next year. We would have had to wait till 2021 if Apple would have stayed with Intel. So Right. I remember that. Everyone was freaking out, and yep. I did a video on it just to, trying to calm everyone down. Yeah, but... Right. All right. <laughs> Now we don't need to calm anyone down. <laughs> right, we right. can. Th they'll get five G probably the same year all the Galaxy S phones get it. Well, you well you know that the Galaxy S ten can five G later this month though. Of well, only a Verizon yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the on the one block of Chicago. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. You're right, you're right. And, and Minneapolis, and Minneapolis. <laughs> oh right, Minneapolis. Can't forget that. Well, you're close to those, right? Can you test those out? I'm mad, dude. I, because my my uh, I have a I have a, a friend in Verizon. He's a public relations ma manager for Verizon, and he mm -hmm. was actually in town testing the five G. But I didn't know he was in town, so I missed the chance to test it out. I, I can oh, test it out. shoot! Mad. Ugh. Dang it! But yeah. So but, wait, uh, like the current generation S tens can support five G? Um, no. Remember back at the uh, the unpacked announcement, they announced that there will be a five G S ten. Right, right. I guess I wasn't considering that like the the main flagships. I was considering that kind of separate. Well, well, but... it is, it is kind of separate because you got the regular, you got the S10e, the mm -hmm. S10, and the S10 plus, right. and then you have the fourth model, which is the five G or the five uh, G S10, which is going to be more expensive than the S10 plus. Yeah. It's like a bigger phone. Yeah, bigger phone, more expensive. Right. Yeah. Yep. So when the S11 comes out, we're expecting that that whole lineup will have five G. Right. Yeah. Correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. So Apple's a little behind, but not that much. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I mean, me and you've been saying it for a few months now that 5G is not going to be relevant this year anyway. Like, it's not going to be. No, really no. Relevant. So it's 2020 year, is like, still early, I think, yeah. for smartphones to be getting it. it. It's so very, very premature. Doing a little very. research on what it takes for carriers to implement 5G into places, like, it's going to take a while, a good long oh. while. <laughs> Yeah, there's still like so much testing and just build up of the network infrastructure to be done. I mean, yeah, it's gonna take a while. And now we're pretty sure the iPhone will get 5G modems before the Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pixel won't get it till 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows what Google's doing with the Pixel at this point? Although yeah. they do like they do like to email our buddy John Prosser, though. I don't know, maybe John knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's always there to cover the pixel. <laughs> I mean, they, they like to send him email, man. They like to put him in, the, keep him in the loop. Apparently, <laughs> right? I'm still part of Team Pixel. Yeah, that is. You might be getting a pixel four this year, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would just stop making phones, but oh well. There's so, another uh, phone coming, I guess. Actually, speaking of that, um... so Drew, where is your uh, Pixel three currently? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, I've been working a lot on moving. Let's just say it got lost in the process. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said he conveniently lost it. Pixel three. <laughs> well, I just can't find it. I'm looking all over the place. I just Damn. don't know where it is. <laughs> oh God, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't miss it very much either. <laughs> no thanks. You, 
You know, I, I I don't blame you, man. That phone had a lot of problems from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, even the guy who uh, bought me one and we did a collab about it was like, I'm a Pixel fan and I and I can't defend this thing. <laughs> Didn't even try. Yeah, that, I mean, it's funny because YouTube was going crazy over the Pixel 2, but the Pixel 3, not so much. No. No. I. Uh, it, it's kind of... It's funny how I see so many people be like, well, OnePlus has speed and performance and optimization, and Pixel has a decent camera. So I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of torn on it. I don't know which one to choose. And I'm like, one of these things is a bigger deal than the other. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> whatever, Pixel, whatever. <laughs> I'm At just excited point. for all the backpedaling they're gonna do this year. Oh, I'm God. sure it's gonna have a dual camera and they're gonna be like, uh they this is okay one. now. They need to have a dual camera. It's time, man. It's time. <laughs> the iPhone has a triple camera and your phone doesn't? It's, yeah. It's behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of iPhone, do you think the iPhone will get worthwhile charging this year? There's several analysts saying that, and I've heard yeah. it time and time again, which makes me think that it will. And it does sound like something Apple would like to do because they're all about like devices supporting each other and, and you know being able to have ecosystem and compatibility. But uh, at the same time, I also wouldn't be that upset if it didn't have it. I like it on the S10, and that's a feature I would very much love if they brought to the iPhone. At the same time, though, in my day-to-day -day use, I never found myself charging my Galaxy Buds via the S10 very often. It was kind of difficult to find a situation where I could just sit my phone down and put my Buds on top of it. It's cool, and I'd be very happy if they added it, but also not torn up if they don't have it. <laughs> yeah, um... I mean, it's a cool feature to have, like you said, but the other thing that a lot of people are, haven't been talking about is that the wireless charging on the phone, the reverse wireless charging, only charges at 4.5 watts. So, uh, very slow. You're going to be, you're, it's like watching paint drive. You expect it to charge quick, not <laughs> which is a long amount of time to not be able to use your phone and that still have too. your battery going down. <laughs> that too. That too. Right. So, I see we got my man L. Heffy reviews in the chat, and I'm glad because this is the next topic I wanted to talk about, Drew. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware what's been happening today, but if you're not, I'll fill you in. So okay. my dude, El Hefe reviews Jeff. I don't know if you watched any of his content or not, but he's an audio reviewer. He reviews headphones, things like that. For sure. So mm -hmm. he reviewed a set of headphones um, from a company called Bluteo. Uh, the headphones were the uh, T7s. So he his review of the Bluteo T7 headphones wasn't very favorable. I mean, it, he wasn't like openly bashing the headphones, but he made it clear that he didn't recommend them. He didn't think they were a very good deal. And he also gave his uh, viewers alternatives um, in their price range that were better, in his opinion, than no T7. Could you imagine what happened next, Drew? I, I did see a little bit of it. I, yeah. I'm piecing together what went on, but I'm so annoyed at, at just the thumbnail. <laughs> He's getting me <laughs> mad just by his thumbnail. That he posted about what uh, Blue Dio said. Blue Dio, yeah. Yeah. This company actually had the audacity, Drew, to email this man, making fun of his sub count, calling him a cheapster and all this other garbage. Like, what company in their right mind would do that? Like, really? What twerps? My God. How desperate are you? I mean, they're the one who reached out to him, right? No, no, actually, this is the, this is the interesting case because. They've never reached out to him per se, but his viewers actually reached out to Bluteo to have them send him the headphones. So that's what happened. 
Oh, wow. Jeez, my God. Yeah, so his viewers actually requested that Bluteo send him a pair of the headphones. So Bluteo actually sent him a pair of the headphones. He gave his honest opinion, and then he gets that in return. That company's dead. My God. Have you seen the... I, I was seeing some of the... I was looking as you were explaining it, the Twitter... Um, oh, yeah. The the YouTubers that yeah. have backed him up and said, yeah. like, hey, Bluteo, what the hell? What's wrong with you? Like, hell yeah. the amount of people... That are now exposing them is <laughs> in their in their big personalities. Not only did you make a crappy product, you you took it like a I don't know if I can say <laughs> they took it like bitches, yeah, bitch, yeah, yeah they took <laughs> they like, like a yeah. bitch. Yeah, My like bitches, yeah. What a, and I don't <laughs> what a train wreck. It's, it's 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 really frustrating to me because. I don't like these companies. All they see is sub count, and they think that they they, they somehow they, that we have lesser value as creators because we don't have like the big large sub numbers and things like that. Right. But, but what they fail to understand is that the connections go deeper than the sub count, <laughs> and that Bluteo is going to learn real quick, fast, and in a hurry. It ain't all about the sub count, bro. <laughs> and the tech communities like got each other's back. Yeah. A lot of the time, we like back each other up quickly, as we saw. Like uh, I, I think Morrison already yeah, tweeted about it. More than two point five million subscribers said, "Nah, we're done." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that company's uh, they're gonna have a real hard time finding anyone to touch their headphones now. Good luck with that. Absolutely, because it's not like Jeff is some wishy washy reviewer. He he one of the most perfected reviewers in the audio space, man. And for them to come back at him like that, that's just. Noel yeah. Hefe seems like one of the nicest, most genuine guys. I, I'm amazed someone has the. It's not. It, it it's such a cowardly move to kind of go after someone who's as respectful and just like cares about people getting the best for their money, and to like go after someone like that is like, what's wrong with you? Don't go into business if you can't take criticism. You know, really. I mean, it, it's funny because we get enough criticism be- from ourselves and the people that watch our video. And we damn oh, sure yeah. don't need it from brands. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it's it's just, it's interesting because you know, uh, as creative, we're expected to like be held to a higher standard. Like, if we went out of our way and did what that brand did to El Jefe, if we did that to the brand, we would be like looked at it like we're crazy or something. So that that stuff has to go both ways, man. Absolutely. You're right though. They're like we, we get enough criticism from the from the audiences and from uh, other YouTubers to get it now from brands is like, okay, you're you're clearly not gonna be taken seriously. Stop trying. Uh, have have they issued an apology or anything? Or have they made a statement about it or have they been quiet? I think they were pretty quiet, Jeff. Have you heard anything? I think um when he was on Jason's podcast earlier tonight, he said that he hadn't heard anything back from them. I, but I can't. Part of me wondered, wondered if it was just a person that was having a bad day, and they just, they just decided to take it out on Jeff, or if that's just their company culture. I would hope that's not their company culture. Because my God, I agree. Yeah, I do hope it was one person that they could fire. Maybe <laughs> that they could say like, "All right, this person should not be in charge of uh, writing emails for Bladio," and uh, maybe if someone higher up in charge can take care of that and make a public statement uh, apologizing, especially with this much backlash they're getting. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's amazing they haven't done anything thus far. He does say it's early in China at this point, but yeah, I I would imagine that if they have and if they have any F left in the F field um about their reputation, that he will be getting a reply in short order. Yeah, preferably from the CEO of the company or somebody high up. <laughs> Huge apology. Huge apology. Like that dude should get Blue Your Project product for life just just as a right. starter. <laughs> 
just so we could burn them. <laughs> Since they sound like trash. <laughs> really? And it, like I said, it's just so frustrating because like I, I made a long rant about this on Twitter. As creators, you know, when we take the time to make a video about a product, we have to plan a video. We have to shoot the video. We have to mm-hmm. edit the video. We have to promote the video. All that stuff goes into making a video. And then for, for a brand to come back like that, like, do you realize that when a creator goes out of their way to make a video about their product, that that means that that creator must have, they must give a damn about you. Like, for the creator to take the time to make the video about your product means that the creator actually has enough care to make that video. Like, cause we don't have to make videos about a product or whatever. We could just skip over and go to the next product or we could make a different type of video. But when the creator takes the time and puts the time and effort into making that video about that product, and there's a lot of other brands out there that would love that creator's time and effort into making promoting their product through video. And what Blue Deal did to Jeff was just it was unacceptable. Unacceptable. Right. And and what they don't seem to understand is that like 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 me, someone who's never heard of them, this is not a huge company. Like people don't inherently enjoy or like brands especially ones that are up and coming that we don't know about yet like the only way the only um the only way to make your brand recognizable or to create a fan base that looks at your brand and is acceptable towards it or interested in it is how it travels via word of mouth and that's what youtube in the tech community is so good at doing is uh we're, we're we're representatives and we try to speak on behalf of the consumers and the customers and and the people of the platform who are looking to invest in whether it be headphones or computers or anything um like this is how people decide whether or not brands are worth their time or worth the investment so when they treat the the only people (laughs) the only people that give their company a chance at survival and they treat them like crap is like how are you going to grow How's your business going to get anywhere? Yeah, that's not a good business move. No. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that you say that because I when I in my rant on Twitter, I'm like, Bluteo, you're not even on the blip of the audio radar. Like, there are so many companies out there that are more reputable than Bluteo. You should oh, be yeah. on your knees thanking Jeff that he actually took the time to give you a review of your product because, like you said, you hadn't even heard of Bluteo. I didn't even hear of him until last year. Like, what are, you, what are we doing here? And now I'm always going to have a negative uh, connotation attached to it. <laughs> right, exactly. And funny story, um, when you did your video about the Rich Wallet last year, mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever heard of Rich Wallet. But when you did the video, I was like, damn, I got to have that. So I think when I, when I was able to get one, I went out and got one. And then I did the video on it. And then I had somebody make a positive comment about the video uh, that I did on the Rich Wallet. And then I sent that to Rich. And Rich ended up sending me out a care package, and that's how you get it done, man. You, you, oh sweet, you appreciate the connections that and the goodwill that people uh, give you online and social media and things like that. Like your customers, you take care of your customers. Basically, basically what I'm trying to say: take care of your customers, and your customers will take care of you. I never heard that story. That's great. I'm glad you liked it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love my Rich Wallet, man. Every day, man. Never, never leave home without it. <laughs> It's my it's been my only wallet since that uh video I did. Like I yeah. haven't I haven't switched to anything else. It's so no. compact and tiny. And yeah, it's like that's the prime example of like a company I definitely never heard of until they contacted me. That yep. I'd never heard of that type of wallet either. I've never seen wallets that tiny or anything, but me neither. they were like, Okay, this isn't like a huge channel, but it's pretty big, it's pretty sizable. 
So we're going to let him know, and then he's going to let his uh, fans and his community know, and it trickles down. And before you know it, everyone's like, I got to try that Ridge wallet. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how you get your brand recognized. And yeah. and basically, they need us, you know? <laughs> they yeah, need us that, to survive. And they, they need up more than we need them. That's true, because we can just talk about the big guys all day. We can talk about Folds. We can talk about iPhones. We can talk about Pixel. We don't need the tiny companies. So no, not at all. Yeah, they should be grateful that there's there's channels that are smaller, like uh, like mine and yours and El Jefe's in the smaller communities because we um, don't have the the giant like the the millions and millions of subscriber channels who have to wait until sponsors show up with like big buckets of cash. Um, they wouldn't have a chance with them, but with the smaller communities, they can kind of spread it more quickly more like uh wildfire oh absolutely i mean i think uh white stone dome is the per uh, perfect example man they're like all over the tech community man mm, yep. if money they, they've uh they've reached out to me twice this year now um, oh really yeah uh uh right before the galaxy s10 came out one of their whoever they're used for marketing they reached out from to me to do a review of their uh screen protector um i politely mm -hmm. told them that i don't really do screen protectors on my phone because i don't really i like to feel the screen the actual screen me too and then, um, so fast forward to yesterday, and Whitestone themselves actually reached out to me again to do a review of their cream protector. I kind of respect that because they they didn't give up. Like, all right, they were gonna try again, like two months later. So now I'm actually considering doing a video, although I probably won't, just because like I don't really do cream protector. But sure, sure. Just the fact that they actually reached out and tried again, and they're pretty cool about it. I'm like, may, maybe, maybe I'm I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> I, I didn't give it any consideration the first time, but now I'm actually thinking about taking the product and doing the video. So I will see. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, that proves our point, you know, like the, the, they need you, you know, they need they need channels like ours to to grow their product line and get their brand recognized. So that that's what I think is so bizarre about the Blue Dio situation is just like how clueless they are about the whole thing. Yeah, they, they seem to not have a clue. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I'm I'm expecting an apology. If not, then they're they're headed for bankruptcy quick. <laughs> oh, dude, everybody on Twitter is already just straight said nope we we don't recommend people buy product from them i mean if you go to the comments of the video everybody's like nope not buying anything from them again so yeah they're gonna have to come out with an apology quickly dang yeah it's kind of like a, a a web with the tech community all the all the connections as, as soon as one bad review goes out that goes everywhere it affects everyone it's funny because like like just said when he made that video um about the response that he got the first person that commented on the video was Kevin the Tech Ninja, who has like a hundred and some odd thousand YouTube subscribers, like yeah, yeah, we we don't mess around in the tech community, man. We don't no, not at all. But I'm I'm glad that everyone's uh, been supportive for him, and we've gotten big YouTubers too to back him up as well. That's encouraging, and uh, I, uh, I I look forward to. Luckily, the fact that m most uh, smaller companies and smaller brands have done a pretty good job at keeping it civil and respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most brands are a joy to work with, but every now and again, you get those rotten apples, man. For like, sure. You got, you got to teach them a lesson. We got to teach them a lesson, man. <laughs> Let this lesson be taught. <laughs> That's right, man. But I don't want to hold you too long, man. I appreciate you coming on and hopping on with me tonight. Yeah, for Fun sure. Enough. Thank you for having me on. Fun as always. I appreciate you all hanging out for a few minutes in the uh, live stream in the chat. Um, If you guys want Drew's information, it will be in the show notes when I put the podcast out. But just search Taylor of Tech everywhere and you'll find him. He's not hard to find. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or, or yeah. my favorite, 
just type in apple sheep and you will definitely find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in case you can't spell Talos, if apple sheep will work too. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. Um, but yeah, this has been another episode of the Vibe Drop Podcast. And uh, until next week, I will be back. This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more. This is Apple Sheep here. <laughs> I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, I love when you do that. <laughs> <laughs>